Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast. I'm Dr. Haley, a physical therapist and athletic trainer who specializes in treating gymnasts and dancers. This podcast has been created for gymnasts, dancers, their coaches, and their parents. Here we will talk to industry experts, athletes, and coaches who will share with us their advice on how to be successful in practice and competition. I'm so happy to have you here. Let's take the leap. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Taking the Leap. Today we have Tanner Boyer, a professional dancer who has danced all around the world, and he is here to give advice to dancers and parents, and even gymnasts will benefit from this episode, on how to deal with different things in the dance world and gymnastics world. He has so much great advice, and I really hope you benefit from listening to the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful to have you all. And let me know if you like the episode. Hi, Tanner. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, Haley. How are you? Nice to I'm, talk to you again. I'm good. It's been so long. Yeah, I know. It's been a minute. It's been like three years, I feel like. I think Maybe you're right. Longer. So I'm super excited to have you here today because you have such a big range of dance experience and I think so many of our listeners are going to benefit from hearing what you have to say. So do you mind telling us about your background in dance? Oh, thank you. I love to share. So this is amazing. I started really taking dance seriously when I was about like 16 or 17 years old. So I was a little bit of a late bloomer. I'm a boy, so I feel like I'm allowed to do that. But yeah, so I did the studio life competition life for a couple of years and then I auditioned for uh, the University of Arizona dance program which I got into and they really that's when I kind of really got good at dance I was a little bit of a late starter there that was a rigorous four years of my life just constantly focusing on the classical technical aspects so ballet jazz modern all that all that good stuff and then after that I auditioned for Royal Caribbean actually at school so I did crew and then so I did cruise ships for two and a half years. I did brand new shows. That's where we got connected when I tore my meniscus and couldn't walk for three months. So that was fun. But yeah, I did travel all around the world doing new shows. And then after that, I got Moulin Rouge in Paris. But I had to quit ships to do that. And luckily the day I quit ships was the day the world locked down. So Moulin Rouge was like the blessing in disguise. But because the world locked down, I had about two and a half years before I moved to Paris. So I moved to Chicago and I danced for Giordano Dance Chicago, which is a like an old school jazz company. So I got to experience that rigorous, classical, what we call in the United States or North America, concert dance. Uh, so there you have the commercial dance world, the concert dance world two very different things. So I got to experience both of those. And then I moved to Paris. And I did that for about a year and a half-ish and met my partner over there. And now I just moved to Canada. I just kind of finished my performing career. And now I'm more focusing on teaching and coaching and all that great stuff. So that's my full resume for you. <laughs> I love it. It's so cool that you've had such a diverse experience and you've traveled the world dancing. Yeah, it was super fun. I I would not take it back for anything. It was such a great experience. All all different kinds of dance, trying new things, seeing where other people are in the world was just 
amazing. That's incredible. When you were at the U of A dancing and you had your audition for Royal Caribbean, was it the U of A that ended up setting you up for that? How did that work? I think when I was there, there was some connection with Royal Caribbean. So they would come and just audition every year. A couple other people did. I auditioned for Cirque du Soleil, some dance companies. But there was a lot of dancers in that world. So that again, there's that concert world and the commercial world. So a lot of people didn't really want to go that route from college. But everyone went to mock audition or practice audition. So I was at the time, I was even looking to do ships. So I was like, oh, I should just go for fun. And then, you know, when the offer came out, I was like, oh, this might actually be really fun. So that is really neat. I love that it wasn't in your plan, but you kind of let everything take you as it did. So that's really exciting and kind of inspiring. So when you were dancing this whole time, what were some of the struggles that you encountered in just the dance world itself? Different struggles at different ages, right? So at the beginning, it was you're not good enough. You'll never make it. And right now I'm doing like, you can't see because it's a podcast where I'm doing like finger quotations, make it. But then I realize as you get older, there is no sense of making it. You just have to keep dancing. And it's, it's a smaller world than you think it is. And you are making it the entire time, whether you're in class or you're dancing across the world. Yeah. It's all, it all feels similar. So yeah, not feeling good enough is a big one. And then as as you know very well, I have many injuries that maybe when I was younger, I pushed through. And now 10 years down the line, I feel it in my body. So I just either genetically or throughout my life are prone to injuries. And then so those are the two really big ones. And then also just having the ability to be flexible and move. You know, a lot of my colleagues in college and other places, they kind of either wanted to stick to one thing or were flexible, wanted to move. And that could be pretty hard um, depending on, you know, what you want to do in life and where you want to go, et cetera. So different different struggles at different times. And lastly, I'll, I'll be quick. There is You're okay. a little bit of, um, you have to be careful. This is for the younger generation of, you know, a toxic dance or work environment. Maybe some teachers are you know, I think it's a little bit better now at this time, but like, you know, teachers and directors could be body shaming or saying, you know, making you believe you're not good enough. And you just need to know yourself and own yourself and be not to take things like a grain of salt sometimes because you can't let people get into your head like that in the dance industry. It's a little, there's, there are many situations like that. So that's really great advice because. I was actually talking about this with a fellow um, teacher of mine, her and I teach together at our local studio. And we were talking about how it's so hard to not enter into that because you have a mirror in front of you and you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. So even Mm -hmm. when you start getting teachers or other people who are mentioning those things, then it's even worse because you're constantly getting judged for how you move and how you look anyways. So Right. You can get in your head super easily by comparing yourself. How do you overcome those things? You just try to blow it off? Is that the advice you Um, have? uh, Just as you get older and you develop your own, well, as a dancer, uh, gymnast, uh, that's more of a sport. So there is a black and white way of doing things. But 
Um, as a dancer, you have to know that there, no one is going to look like you or move like you. You're your own artist and there's always a spot for you. And I think it took me a long time to realize that going to the, you know, the studio or the workroom, it's, it's about you. It's about enjoying yourself. And once you are setting your personal goals and even if you don't meet them that day, you mess up a combo, your leg doesn't go high or whatever. It's okay because you're enjoying yourself and you're just focusing on the task at hand and not focusing on the future, the past. Oh, I messed up or, oh, I'm not good enough. I'll never be good enough. No, it's not about that. It's about I'm here, I'm dancing and that's just my life and that's what I'm doing right now. And that, it makes it so much more fun and you develop your own artistry and your own personal way of doing things, which is nice. That's great advice. What other advice do you have for dancers who maybe want to dance professionally or even in college? Yeah, just keep pushing. Keep Again, keep focusing, focusing, focusing. I'm a terrible person at focusing. So it's important just to always kind of be present and work hard. But besides that, take care of your body. You know, if you feel injured, don't push it for a dance competition there's always another time to try so let's say you don't get into the school that you want to do you can also audition in four months or the next year or let's say you can't attend jump dance convention and there's always nouveau in two months so like take care of your body do your physical therapy cross train like make sure that you don't get to the point where i did where it's like okay i'm, I'm my ability is lessened now because it's you can't go back, right? So it's really important to just take care of your body, take care of your mental health, and that'll push you to the right direction. That's incredible advice because I think sometimes from my point of view, when I see these dancers come into the clinic and they're injured and I have to be the one to tell them, hey, you're not going to be able to dance tomorrow at your competition they get so upset and they do everything they can to be able to compete and to me it's like you have one body and you have to take care of it because you're going to have a competition in two months or in two weeks and let's get you prepared for that instead of focusing right now trying to be able to dance tomorrow so right and I was always the person that's just like I I mean even with you I was like can we fix my knee for like an audition let's try these tricks and all that and I'm limping at an audition just trying to get through just because but it's very important because it, it's going to ruin your ability in the long run so just it's good to, it's okay to be patient it's okay to miss a week or two of dance it may not seem like it at the time but it's super important that you just take a chill pill hang out go watch movies with your family take the time to rest when you need it that is such good advice. And to all the listeners, I didn't prompt Tanner to say that. <laughs> that was not a plug. He did it himself. I think all of this information that you have is great. And with injuries, talking about that, you've had injuries. You mentioned your meniscus and how you tore it. And that's when you and I worked together. Yes. What, what was that like in general to have an injury and have to get taken off of the ship? How did that work um, for you? Well, getting off the ship was probably the one of the worst experiences I've ever had, but getting it taken care of was one of the best experiences I've ever had. So because I got injured during a show, literally it was nothing. I was like touching my toe behind my, I don't know, it was a very, very easy step. And then all of a sudden my knee just locked up 
And there is no way of popping it back in and strengthening. I was trying so hard, punching my knee. And so the meniscus flipped around and got stuck. That's why I was in the way. So when I got surgery, I was limping, walking within a week. And then with you, I was just going three days a week. It was very easy life for three months. I was getting paid. I loved it. And just getting work done. And it was nice because it was fully covered, you know, in the United States sometimes. Yes. That can be that can be an issue. So that is that was actually my best injury I've ever had because I took care of it. Now that I'm kind of older, I'm like, oh, take care of your bodies because every other injury I was able to keep going. So in France, I found out I have two ruptured ligaments in my ankle and a torn oh ACL, like a small tear in ACL. Just because I got an MRI, I was like, oh, it's free. I'll get an MRI. It hurts really bad all the time. Oh, so, no. And then I just decided to leave instead of, you know, stay and get a whole ankle replacement, which I'm listeners. I'm older now. I've danced constantly for like 12 years. So this is, oh, it's not normal. Now I have to kind of deal with that physical therapy and all that good stuff and hoping that it'll kind of work its way out since I'm not dancing six nights a week. Yeah, that makes total sense. Now, for our listeners, if they want to reach out to you or follow you on Instagram, where can they do that? You can reach out to me on uh, Tan the Dancing Man on Instagram if you like. That's my Instagram handle. I love it. So, yeah, if anyone has any questions, I would love to answer them. And I love talking about the next generation of dancers. That's cool. And now you're going to be inspiring them, especially with your teaching. I love yes. it. Yes, let's hope. Well, Tanner, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am so grateful to have gotten to work with you and to have you here today. So thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to episode three of Taking the Leap. I'm so grateful to have you guys here, and I hope you found Tanner's information helpful. Please share this podcast and give me five stars below if you enjoyed. All right, I will see you next week for a interview with a professional Cirque du Soleil performer who was an ex-gymnast. Thanks for taking the leap.